Morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. And for our regulars, welcome you back. Anybody know what knows what happens in Faith School? My spirit is fed. My faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. We're not just saying this to be saying it. We're actually, from the very beginning of the class, releasing faith. One of the main ways you release faith is through what you say. That's how you were born again. You believed it in your heart and you said it with your mouth. Confess Jesus as your Lord and you're saved. And so um, uh, you don't just talk how you feel. If you think, well, man, I, I feel bad today. I just feel so weak. Well, then don't dare say it. Don't say it. What did the Bible say? Let the weak say I just feel so bad, I don't think I can make it. No, no, we should pay attention to the scripture. Let the weak say, I am strong. So let's just, let's just act on that for a bit. Say it out loud, I am strong. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I am an overcomer. He's ordering my steps. He's directing my paths. I will know what to do. And am led in the right way. Hallelujah. Amen. Talk this way. Not just while we're in the middle of faith class. Talk this way all the time. Especially when you don't feel like it. That's when your faith is expressed the strongest, when it doesn't look like it and it doesn't feel like it. When you got bills, maybe you got a bunch of them piled up on the table and you don't know, you know, uh, where the money's going to come from. You don't have it. Don't say. You'll be pushed to. The enemy will push you to say, what are we going to do? I just don't know what we're going to, where are we going to get this from? We're never going to get this. This is... But this is where battles are won or lost, right here. You need to buy faith. If you have to, get some toothpicks and poke up the corner of your mouth. <laughs> no matter, you may not feel that way, but you say it by faith. You say, I call every bill paid. I call every need met. I call every obligation fulfilled, every debt paid off. God supplies all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. That's, and the faith is the strongest when you cannot see how that could come to pass. But then it's why you're all the more happy when you do see it come to pass and you think, God, you're so smart. I'd have never thought about that. That's why he's God and, and you're following and so you give him all the glory and give him all the thanks. He is the faithful God 
who keeps covenant to a thousand generations of those that obey him. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, all of us agree today asking for utterance and anointing and direction and guidance concerning what we were just talking about. Thank you for being so good to help us always. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. We've been looking at overcoming unbelief. We've been taking one by one these 10 major events where the first generation of Israelites that God brought out of Egypt failed to trust him. We're warned in Hebrews 3, if you want to look there again, we're warned in Hebrews 3, 7, and 8, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. He said, uh, verse 12, brethren, take heed lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Verse 13, don't, don't let yourself be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Verse 15, today if you'll hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. Where do we see, how do we see them hardening their hearts? It's in them being so negative, in them being so pessimistic, in them talking so disrespectfully, so sarcastically, every time something came up. Now here's something, go ahead and turn back to Exodus 32 while we're talking, and we're going to look some more at this, but every challenge is an opportunity to demonstrate faith in God, trust in God. And every time something comes up, a challenge in our life, just like it happened with them. When they got to the Red Sea and they saw Pharaoh and his chariots and, and, and all of his armies coming, coming to kill them and take what was left back into slavery and the Red Sea, don't, no way to see how to get across that, you're stuck. This was an opportunity. It didn't feel like an opportunity, but it's an opportunity and what does God want to see in this? Is this a surprise to him? He's the one told him to go there. He knew what was going to happen. And he's the one told him, he said, Pharaoh's going to come after you. None of this caught him by surprise. And so to them, they might have thought, oh man, at the last minute, the Red Sea opened up and we just barely got across. Whew, that was close. Not to God, it was never close. He knew what he was going to do. He was not surprised that they followed. He told them he was going to, he, Pharaoh was going to follow. He was not surprised that the Red Sea could open up. That was already always his plan. It looks close and tight to us, but to him, it was never close, never tight. And so what, he, what does he want to see out of us? He doesn't expect us to know everything in his mind that he's going to do and his plan, but what does he expect from us? That after seeing him do such signs and wonders and shaking the mightiest nation on the planet to its knees, they would have never let them go willingly. But they let them go. And they let them go and gave them money and, and freely and please hurry up and go. <laughs> God did what nobody on earth thought would happen after 400 years of bondage. And... Uh, but after this, God begins to expect, okay, now, you saw what I can do. 
You saw what I did, not once, twice, third, four. You saw ten signs and wonders. By now, you should be getting more, at least a little more inclined to believe. But no. They harden their heart. They say, we're all going to die out here. Oh, we're all going to die out here. Is that the only thing they could have done? Could they have said, is it possible that they could have said, well, God got us this far, yeah. right? I mean, if he could do that, surely there's some way he can get us through. That's all God was looking for. That's all he was looking for, is that they would just be open, <laughs> just willing to believe and trust. But this crew never were. This whole bunch of hundreds of thousands of people, over this whole period of time, they, they always reverted back immediately. Anytime there was a problem or challenge, they immediately said, you brought us out here because you hate us. You brought us out here to kill us. And Moses, you hadn't brought us into the promised land. You just got us out here with no water and you got to... I keep saying this that way because I want you to hear that tone. I want that to make a mark on you and, you, and, and any time you hear that tone coming out of your mouth or anybody else's mouth, something red flags ought to go off on the inside of you. And you ought to go, oh no, oh no, this is what killed everybody out in the desert. I cannot tolerate this kind of thinking around me, in my heart, in my head, in my mouth. I refuse to have a hard, pessimistic, negative unbelieving heart and let it rob me of what God has for me in this life. And so in Exodus 32, here's another opportunity. It's been a little time, 40 days since Moses went up on the mountain. Remind me class, what's the last thing he told him when he left? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait here. Tarry here until we come back. Well, see, that's an, that's an indication we're coming back, right? So what do you do until then? You wait. So what'd they do? Now, now, this is a pattern. Now, we're laughing, but God wasn't laughing. When he told them, uh, don't uh, save the manna. See, this was just back a couple of lessons earlier. What'd they do? They saved the manna. When he said, don't go out on the Sabbath now and try to gather it because I give you twice enough on the sixth day. What'd they do? Went out on the... Is this funny? No, this ain't funny. What is this? This is people that are hard-headed, stubborn, stiff-necked, hard-hearted, won't listen. Not just once, not just twice. We're down to event number seven here. Major significant events where every time, if, if, if God said, sit down, what would they do? They're going to stand up. If he said, stay, what are they going to do? Oh, we got to go. Now, we are, it's not our job to look at them and judge them and make fun of them. They're already gone. But why are we talking about this? Because the New Testament warns us repeatedly. Why? Because human nature is the same today as it was then. The devil's working is the same. And unbelief is the same. And so we need to be 
uh, forewarned. We need to see how dangerous this stuff is. We need to identify these characteristics and know what it sounds like and looks like and feels like from afar off so that the moment this stuff starts trying to work around us or we slip up because we think we're having a bad day and we start talking a bunch of junk and the Spirit of God says, hey, do you remember faith class or not? And you go, oh, yeah, right. Oh, God, forgive me. Forgive me. No, I, I rebuke those words that came out of my mouth. I cancel them. I don't believe that. And that's not the way I'm going to be. And you begin to say, God, I trust you. I trust you. I believe in you. After all you've done for me, I'm not going to forget it. And I will wait on your counsel. I will wait on you. They said, we don't know what's become of him. And so they immediately set on this ungodly, idol worship thing. Listen to Isaiah 28, 16. If you don't know this verse, you ought to mark it. Isaiah 28, 16. It said, therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone. A sure foundation. Now what this is talking about is uh, the Christ. And Jesus said, whoever hears my words and does them, he's like to the man that dug deep and built his house on a rock. So it's not just that the word is the rock. It's being a doer of the word that puts you on the solid foundation. Christ is the rock. He is the cornerstone. He is the sure foundation. And He is the Word made flesh. But we must hear it, believe it, receive it, and do it to put us on the rock. And notice what He said. I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. What's the rest of it say? He that believes shall what? Not make haste. We read from Proverbs, you know, a couple of classes back, Proverbs 19, where he said, uh, he that's over hasty sins and misses the mark. Here we see, by contrast, of what unbelief is, a characteristic of faith. Faith that is solid on the rock. What? Shall not make haste. Everybody said out loud, he that believes, he that believes shall, not make haste. shall not make haste. Let me read other translations of this. Uh, one says, the, the W.E.B. says, he who believes shall not act hastily. The N.R.S. says, the one who trusts will not panic. The, the complete Jewish Bible says, he that trusts, or King James says, he that believes, will not rush here and there. Will not rush here and there. And two or three translations word it like this, faith that is firm is patient. <laughs> That's a different way of saying it. I like the King James. He that believes, what? Shall not make haste. You won't act hastily. You won't panic. When you trust, 
you rest. And you don't rush here and there. Uh, you don't have to know all of the details and particulars in your head and understanding to discern unbelief and faith. There's a spirit of fear. And there's a spirit of faith. The spirit of fear includes this unbelief and this impatience and this jitteriness and this hastiness without even knowing the particulars. When you hear that, see that, feel that, you know, uh-uh. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to participate that. And you know, people will get mad at you sometimes if you don't join in their panic. They'll come, oh, 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 this just happened, and we got to do this, and we got to hurry, and come on, why are you still sitting there? Get your shoes on. Come on. And what do you got to do? Come on, help me out, class. What do you do? You say, uh-uh. No, I love you, but no. Now, you need to sit down here, <laughs> and you need to calm down. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, no. Have we heard from God? What did God say? Because with them, what's the last time he told them? That, that crew, they're on the mount. Wait. Wait till we get back. Tarry here till we come back to you. Didn't the Bible say, be still and know that I am God? We've we got to relax a little bit and realize our Father is the Ancient of Days. A whole millennia, a thousand years is like to Him... The passing of it is like last night passing to us, like a watch in the night, the psalmist said. God doesn't get rattled. <laughs> Ever. And what does Isaiah say? Turn, turn to Isaiah 40. Some folks know it. If you don't know it, mark these verses. This is what makes you strong. Every word. That comes out of the mouth of God. It's strength. It's life. It's power. Isaiah 40 and verse 28. He says, have you not known? Have you not heard? That the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. Sometimes people in their mind, they picture God on the throne. He's got white hair. And it's long and a long white beard. And he's old. Old. Oh. <laughs> he's been around so long. No. God doesn't age. There's no decay in him. There's no death in him. He has been around. We have no idea. <laughs> From ancient to ancient. He's called the ancient of days. He never gets tired. He never faints and goes, oh, I don't know if I can just take this anymore. You know? <laughs> and he never gets weary. It's, it's the power that keeps the stars burning comes out of him. The power that keeps gravity working so that all the planets stay in their orbits, all the secrets on the atomic scale of what makes up energy, what makes up matter and mass, 
all of that, the Bible said all things are upheld by the word of his power. The cohesiveness of an atom and all the way to the solar system comes out of him. Power beyond imagination. Why am I talking about this? Knowing he's your father. Knowing he loves you and cares about you. Knowing he's made covenant commitment to you should make you go, whew, <laughs> I'm going to be okay. <laughs> Why? No matter what's going on, the knowledge of that connection with him. And he even said, you know, uh, don't fear them that can kill your body. Because after that, what can they do? We're like, well, ain't that pretty bad? God's got, it ain't a problem. <laughs> Why? He made your body. He's already got plans to resurrect it. It wouldn't be the end of you. It wouldn't be the remote end of you. We need mind renewal. Don't we? Because we live in a frazzled world where there are many voices, especially in our electronic age and our social media age. Oh, dear me. And, and, and can you hear so many of them, all of them except God, are almost frantic and just fear and pushing fear and hysteria and what are we going to do? And if you listen to that junk, it can infect you. It can influence you. Oh, but he said, don't you know? Hadn't you heard? The everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, he's not fainting. He never even gets tired. And here's the good news. Verse 29, he's got all that power. He gives some of it to the faint. You say, well, I feel so faint. Hey, you qualify to get some of his strength. To them that have no might, he increases strength. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Even the strongest of the strong and the youngest of the young. Just going on their youth and strength, it's not enough. They run out. They get tired. You care how strong and young you are. You run out, but not God. And verse 31, not those who wait on the Lord. Hallelujah. You're feeling frantic and frazzled and tired and fearful and weak. What do you do? Man, you need to turn stuff off. You need to turn off the TV, huh? silence your phone, turn some other stuff off. And you need to get somewhere where you can get quiet and wait on the Lord. The Lord showed me this one time that uh, waiting on him was kind of like my rechargeable razor. <laughs> I came to use it one time and I turned the switch on it was already on so guess what it was dead <laughs> and so I need to charge it so I plugged it in I came back a little later and this has been a few years ago and I went to turn it on I thought uh oh it's still on I never turned it off so guess what still dead that particular one hadn't charged and, and what I realized I need to turn it off and let it wait 
Let it wait a while. Instead of giving out, giving out, giving out. And the Lord said, yeah, when you come to me, uh, quit just praying 90 miles an hour. Turn the switch off. And just wait on me and, and let my strength come into you. And wait on me and get quiet and take a while. Take a few minutes. Take an hour. Take more. And just get quiet and wait. And what will happen? They that wait on the Lord... Oh, come on, are you reading? They'll renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. Oh, man, we're talking about powered flight. We're talking about cruising in the flight levels here. Hey, they will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint after the time of waiting on Him. When you do need to step out and do something, that strength just keeps coming. That power just keeps manifesting. Hallelujah. And this works for who? Come on, who? Who? Huh? Those that are nervous? Those that are frantic? Those that can't wait? Those got to jump and do something? Mm-mm. Those that wait. Hallelujah. Unbelief is impatient. But faith will wait on God. Faith enters into that rest and abides in that place of rest, under the shadow, uh, under the wings of the Almighty, under the shadow of His power and protection. Everybody said out loud, I refuse, I refuse to, yield to, fear to yield to fear and be frantic and, be frantic and, impatient, and impatient and over hasty. That's not God's way. That's not the faith way. I choose to rest in the Lord, to wait. On you, Lord, and I know you will. Strengthen me, and I will renew and be refreshed and strengthened and quickened as I wait on the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Take time to do it today, tomorrow, this week, and next week. Make it a way of living. And you'll be so glad you did. Our time's up again today. We love you. Come back next week. There's going to be more Faith in God. We'll see you soon here in Faith School. Well, I hope you stirred up about the things we're on this week. I, I am. It's ministered to me. Just such a reminder. Don't move too fast. Rest in the Lord. Uh, on the end of the week, I always like to speak over and pray over all of our partners. Thank you so much for being a part of this and helping make this go. If you want to be a partner, there's information on your screen. We, we saw in the scriptures that faith waits on God and rests and trusts in Him. Uh, so many times people have lost big financially because they invested in things too quick. They didn't check it out. Uh, they acted on things, just too much of a hurry. Don't act on a fear. Never act on a fear. Never act out of panic, out of, you know, frenzy and anxiety. Don't do that. But God will have mercy even when you've made mistakes. Father, I pray over all of our partners and I ask together with them, even if, if we've made mistakes moving too fast, I ask for mercy. I ask for help. You can make it up to us. You're well able to do that. Help us to, to, to have it made up 
so that we don't wind up in a loss and we purpose to move slower next time and to wait on you. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you. We believe in that with you. You're going to have things made up in Jesus' name. Come back next week. We'll see you again soon back here in Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.